Good morning, Mountview Church. I would like to welcome those of you who are first-time worshipers with us. We are glad you are here, and of course, a welcome uh, to all of you who are here today. I do want to say uh, welcome to Adrian Miller, our guest preacher. Adrian has been in our pulpit a couple of times, and we're glad to have you back. Adrian is the executive director of the Colorado Council of Churches. Um, and probably better than that, really, is that Adrian is the author of the James Beard Foundation award-winning book, Soul Food, The Surprising Story of an American Cuisine, One Plate at a Time, and The President's Kitchen Cabinet. This is an awesome book. President Kitchen's Cabinet, The Story of the African Americans Who Have Fed Our First Families from the Washingtons to the Obamas. So great books. Thank you so much. And we're really glad you preach as well. Next week, uh, we have another guest preacher. Her name is Nadia Bowles-Weber. Um, Reverend uh, Bowles-Weber was the founding pastor of House for All Sinners and Saints here in Denver. She too is an accomplished author um, and a tremendous preacher. So we invite you to uh, come and hear Nadia bring the word next week. And lastly, um, the book Citizen, we've been reading all together, and are, we are having four discussions about this book Citizen. Um, next week after church, June 24th, we will have the second of the four facilitated conversations. So please come. Uh, these are um, really important conversations to be having with a very challenging uh, book. So please come for that. All right, let us gather our hearts and minds together, center ourselves in order that we may worship God. For those who are able, please stand.
past week, uh, uh, one of our government leaders used the Bible to support the action of separating immigrant families at our borders. And we must be cautious when we hear the Bible quoted because the Bible can be used to justify actions that are unjust and unjust laws. The law of God is meant to set us free from oppression and to create a social order where the weak and the vulnerable are always to be shown compassion and mercy. So the word from Romans 13 is this, owe no one anything but love, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. All commandments are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. For individuals, for a church, for a nation, there is no law greater than the love of law. The love of law, the law of love with humility. Let us confess our sins and failures when we do what we know we shouldn't and we don't do what we know we should. Please join me in the prayer of confession. Creator, Christ, and Spirit, we confess that the way we live sets against one another and alienates us from you. Separated from you, we live in emptiness. Separated from one another, we live in isolation. Inspire us to live with courage, to love with boldness, and to witness to your life-giving freedom. Amen. Friends, hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that in Christ we are forgiven. So may all that is unforgiven in you be released, and may you share the love of God with others. Be forgiven. Amen. As peacemakers on this earth, God calls us to share the peace of God. Turn to one another and share the peace of God. The peace of the Lord be with you.
Good morning, children. How are you? Good. How many of you celebrated your dad today? Yeah? And I'm oh. still celebrating him. And you're still celebrating him. That's so awesome. I know your dad. He's worth celebrating all day long. Um, tell me about dads. What do dads do? How would you describe a dad? Go ahead. They work almost all, all day. They work almost all day. Actually, they do work. Oh, they, work, they do work all day. Lisa. They love us. They love you, absolutely. Anders. They work really hard. They work really hard. Stephen, wow, you are getting kudos for working hard in your family. Yes. They get money. They get money, yeah. Therefore, you get money, yes. They like mowing lawns. Yeah. What else? Cooper, one more. That if you have a tree house, they help you build it. They help you build tree houses. Well, dads do wonderful things, and grown-ups do wonderful things to take care of us. Um, some, some men are not dads, but it doesn't mean that they don't treat others the way dads are treated and treat others and they they love and there are men and and women in our lives who love us like dads do so it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a dad to feel loved or to celebrate father's day okay it's a wonderful day to remember that God is a dad to us. God is a mother to us. God is a parent to us. And so we remember God's love today as well. All right, would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you that you are parent of us all and that today we can celebrate those who love us, dads who, who care for us, um, and we can celebrate those who are near and far away. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, be good to your dads today. Okay. Oh, you were good to your dad this morning. Good. Okay. Let's pray together the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. May your holy word fall fresh upon our lives, inspiring us to live with faith and compassion. Amen. Our lesson this morning is Psalm 20 and can be found on page 462 of your pew Bible. To the leader, a Psalm of David. The Lord answer you, in the day of trouble, the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your victory and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord will help his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories by his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. 
They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise and stand upright. Give victory to the King, O Lord. Answer us when we call. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the Church. Good morning. It's good to be with you again. Thank you, Pastor Clover and Pastor Ian and Absentia and pulpit guests. And to my brothers and sisters in Christ of Montview Boulevard Presbyterian Church, you all have been so great to me when I've preached here before, and I'm just excited to give you this barbecue-inspired Father's Day sermon. As you know, uh, as I said earlier, I'm the executive director of the Colorado Council of Churches, representing 13 Christian denominations in 800 churches around the state of Colorado. And through our covenant relationship with the Presbytery of Denver, you are part of the Colorado Council of Churches. So we're glad to have you in the family. Now, just I know I've been here a couple of times, but I think there's some people here who may not have heard me preach before. So just a recap, when an African-American steps into a pulpit, we are used to immediate feedback when we're preaching. <clears throat> so, amen, there you go, right. 
on cue, on cue. So once again, if you agree with something I say, just look, whatever the heart moves you to say, amen, preach that, say that, brother, whatever, just, just say it. If you're unsure, you could say, well, mm-mm-mm, or my, my, my. And then if you disagree, you could say, help him, Lord, or maybe even ouch. Another aspect of the African-American faith tradition is usually a sermon is lengthy because we want to just make sure that you understand what God is trying to tell you this morning. So you're usually in for about 45 minutes to an hour. I depart from that tradition. I like to kind of get right to the point. Now, okay, I was going to say, work with me. All right, there you go. Sometimes people actually say, hey, we wish you would go on a little longer, but I'm not going to do that today. So if you looked in the bulletin and you saw that I was preaching and you thought, hey, this might be a good time to get in my nap, don't sleep too long because you might miss the whole thing. So when I started thinking about the message on this Father's Day, obviously I was looking through scripture that would have some kind of barbecue reference. And to me, that's burnt offering. I don't know about you. But when I do my Bible study, anytime I see the words burnt offering, my mind starts to wander. And when we think about types of cooking, don't we associate fathers with barbecue, whether they know what they're doing or not, we kind of picture a father at the grill. So I thought it would be good to give a barbecue sermon this morning. Now, just for the record, I know that there are a lot of women who know how to make wonderful barbecue, who know how to grill, but it's Father's Day. I'm just trying to give some love and encourage the men today, so... I got much love for you sisters who grill. I just want you to know. But barbecue is a major part of my life. It's my favorite food. If I could eat barbecue every day without suffering any health consequences, I certainly would. (laughs) My first job was at a barbecue restaurant. For those longtime Denverites, my first job was at Luther's Barbecue on Havana. It's long been closed. Um, And one of my most pronounced episodes of unrequited love happen due to barbecue. More on that in a moment. I'm also a certified barbecue judge, which is a great way to get free food. And my next book will be on the history of African-American barbecue culture. Working title is Black Smoke. That's tight, huh? (laughs) And just to get into the right mindset, I want you to know that I've been doing some immersive training for Bible study and thinking about bringing this message. So I've been eating barbecue all week and reading about barbecue and various things. So I think I'm all set to go. So this morning, I'm going to speak on the subject, is your life a burnt offering or a hot mess? Alternatively, are you living to be a good father or just a baby daddy? Now, if you think about the difference between the two, a father is a person we think of as very engaged in the process of parenting, striving to do their best to provide for their family and support their kids in every way. A baby daddy is someone who wants no part of that, maybe even denies the biological connection they have to a child. Curiously, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but the American greeting card uh, company card company had a Father's Day card that depicted an African-American couple on the cover, and it said how wonderful the father, how wonderful it is to have a father, but it says, thank you to my partner, my friend, and my baby daddy. That card was pulled as of a couple of days ago, because breaking news, a lot of African-Americans are 
committed to being great fathers, and we don't need to perpetuate the baby daddy stereotype. Thank you for blessing me with that. But our scripture today finds the psalmist, presumably David, praying victory in a, for an upcoming battle. The prayer must have worked because the very next psalm, Psalm 21, is a, a psalm of thanksgiving for victory. But it sets a wonderful context for this day because the community is praying for your success as fathers. We want you to be victorious in raising wonderful human beings that will be part of our society. We all want you to win. We want you to raise, raise children who love God, love others, and endeavor to make the world a better place. But as fathers, you are competing with so many other things to capture your child's attention. Now, in ancient times, in order to increase the odds of victory, the Israelites sacrificed whole animals in a consuming fire, thus the burnt offering. And it was thought that it was necessary to atone for their sins first in order to find favor with God. Today, we no longer require animal sacrifice, but we as individuals are asked to use spiritual reflection and sacrifice to reach the same ultimate goal. The way we can atone for our sins and get on the right course, but getting on the right course requires several things. So today I'm going to give you a sustained analogy to barbecue. I hope it works, it may not, but I think it will. So the first thing we do as fathers is we seek community because we realize that although a lot of onus is placed on the individual father to raise their child, we do it in community. I hope that as fathers you realize that you are not alone in this journey. You belong to a wonderful sacred community here at Montview Boulevard Presbyterian. Very next to you sitting in those pews is a lot of collected wisdom that you can access and get help when you don't know what to do. Understandably, when you've also grown tired. These people, this part of this community, this community here can energize you. As part of the baptism ritual, the congregation is often enlisted to help you raise that child because we understand that it is a communal effort. The earliest days of barbecue were very much the same way about creating community. Before the advent of metal portable grills, they would get whole animals that were donated by local farmers and business people. And often they would dig a trench about a couple of feet deep and several feet long and several feet across. They would chop, chop trees to create wood. That wood would be placed in the trench and then burned down. And then they would butcher the animals in a way that they would put long poles through the side. And then the process of cooking, once the coals had burned down, was to basically stand over those animals and flip them periodically so you didn't burn the meat. And then they were constantly basted with a, um, some kind of marinade. So this was a communal effort, and because of the large quantities of meat that were going to be consumed, it created a festive occasion. Now, in the early days of barbecue in the 1700s, it was really pretty much the politicians who had this on lockdown, but churches got the message, and by the 1800s, were very active in doing this process. The lesson here is that it takes a village to raise a child and to make great barbecue. <laughs> Secondly, we as fathers must be ready for the unexpected. Towards the end of this victory prayer, the psalmist anticipates a favorable outcome, but understands that it will require perseverance. The verse notes that some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of our Lord. They will collapse and fall, and we shall rise and stand upright. Here the psalmist speaks to the false hopes of those in the chariots, in this case the enemy, that their best laid plans would be fulfilled. We aren't in the same situation because we trust in God 
And we must hold on to that trust even when our confidence is shaken. That's why we will work out what is according to God's will, and we will rise and stand upright. Even when life throws us a curve, we pray on it and trust that everything will work out. Remember that whatever the circumstances, the words of Jeremiah are true, that God has plans for your welfare, not for your harm, a future that gives you hope. I experienced something similar when I took my first bite of true North Carolina barbecue. For those in the know, there are two types of North Carolina barbecue. There is the Eastern style and then the Lexington or Piedmont style. So for this first taste of Lexington style barbecue, I decided to go to Lexington, North Carolina, and I ate in a restaurant called Lexington Barbecue. Yes, I do try to make things easy. The restaurant showcases chopped pork shoulder, which is in the Lexington style, that is chopped pork shoulder that is doused with a vinegar sauce with a touch of ketchup for sweetness. In Eastern North Carolina, they don't mess with ketchup. They're like, it's just vinegar and red pepper flakes. So this seems like heresy for some. Typical side dishes are a small diced coleslaw mixed with some of the barbecue sauce, french fries, and hush puppies. And you all are familiar with hush puppy, little balls of fried cornbread, amen? Okay, you know about that, all right. And if you're curious at how that came about, the story goes there was a group of people out in the woods next to a river. They're doing some kind of work. Uh, they decide to have a fish fry. And while they're frying the fish, their dogs gather around the kettle because they smelled all of this good fish cooking. And they decided to basically ball up some of the extra cornmeal that they used to fry the fish and throw it into the pot and throw the fried fish when it was, or the fried ball, cor balls of cornbread to the dogs to hush the puppies. So that's where that comes from. So your next party, you'll be, you know, you can drop that fascinating tidbit. Before my visit, I, extend, I consulted extensively with friends from North Carolina, and what they told me to do is to order the chopped par, uh, pork, but to make sure that it got outside brown. Outside brown is that crust that's created when pork shoulders are smoked for a very long time. It has a lot of smoke and seasoning in it, and it's a way just to create a different taste and texture. So I arrived to Lexington Barbecue. I ordered my chopped pork barbecue tray with outside brown and waited patiently for my order to arrive. As I was waiting, someone else showed up and placed their order for a sliced pork shoulder barbecue tray. And then he said aloud, I should get something for my dog. Um, give me the chopped barbecue tray. <laughs> I immediately felt like someone in a fallen chariot and I wondered what I had gotten myself into. But after taking a bite of delicious barbecue, I felt risen and jealous for that dog because it was really good stuff. And then third, we must model Christ to our children. Several passages in the Bible refer to burnt offering, offerings creating a pleasing aroma to God. Today, that pleasing aroma is how we live our lives for Christ and demonstrate it to others. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, just kidding, just kidding, 2 Corinthians, second chapter, 15 verse. You know, I had to give a shout out to our president. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. As fathers, sometimes we feel like our kids vacillate between those two different categories. You can't live their lives for them, but you can live your life in a way that they see how you react and you show Christ's love and you model Christ's in what you say and do. This will leave a lasting impression, an aroma that will linger for a lifetime. 
Now, I beg your indulgence for those who have heard this story before, but it so wonderfully says this point when I tell you about a blind date that left me with an unusual aroma. That day, a friend from out of town decided to surprise me for lunch, and I went to a barbecue place. We had a great time, but I didn't notice that they were cleaning the smoker as we were catching up over what had happened since the last time we had met. When I returned to my office, my office mate immediately yelled at me, dude, you smell like bacon, really bad. Now, normally this would not be a problem, but it was T minus four hours until my blind date later that evening. And given my schedule that day, I couldn't go home, I couldn't bathe, change clothes, and do anything to cure the bacon smell. I couldn't even find any Febreze to spray on my outfit. <laughs> so, God forgive me, I made up a white lie and said I had something come up and I canceled the date. I just really didn't think... <laughs> I know, sad story. Well, I just didn't want her to think that I had a, I had a hygiene problem. <laughs> now, if you're sitting there and you're thinking it's quite okay to show up on a date smelling like bacon, I would submit that either you are, have been married or single for a very long time. <laughs> a week later, I did fess up, and she was responded with, oh, I love the smell of bacon. I was like, ah. Oh. In case you think this was true love, people wonder, well, it sounds perfect. What happened? Well, I sensed that I was putting most of the work into the relationship, so I pulled back just a little bit. I just wanted to see if she'd show a brother she was thinking about me just a little bit. You know, a phone call, a text, an email, smoke signal. <laughs> I can say, Pastor Clover, she's definitely playing hard to get because I haven't heard from her in seven years. <laughs> you think I should let it go? It's about time, all right. I'm not bitter, though. I'm just not, I am not bitter. But even though I had that aroma of bacon, it felt good that I ultimately did the right thing by showing the aroma of Christ to that person. And just like a father, I may not have gotten it right the first time, but eventually I did what had to happen. In Micah, the sixth chapter, we realize that burnt offerings are no longer required because Micah writes... And they're talking about burnt offerings specifically here. And he says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my, for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And that is what God is asking us to demonstrate as fathers. I will end with a liturgy to bless and celebrate various types of fathers. Blessed are you, Lord, our God in heaven, creator and redeemer of all. You are Father from all eternity, giving life and love to all your good creation. In you alone we live and move and have our being. You have also revealed yourself to us as our Father, and all of us are your children. You have given us earthly fathers, and in them you give us a glimpse of your everlasting love. We give thanks for those fathers who strive to balance work, marriage, and children, and church life. We pray for fathers who live away from their wives and children because of business, military service, illness, incarceration, or immigration status. Grant them faith and hope in the midst of separation. 
We give thanks for those fathers who have adopted children or who have stepchildren, just as our Heavenly Father has adopted us as our own children in Christ. Grant them joy and gratitude for the gift you have provided in fairness and loving all their children. We pray for fathers who gave up their children for adoption. Grant them peace and comfort as they trust in your providence. We pray for fathers who face the demands of single parenthood. Grant them strength, wisdom, and sufficient livelihood. We pray for those men who have fathered us as mentors and guides. Grant them patience and love as they teach and nurture us. We pray for those men who desire to be fathers. Grant them grace to accept your timing and will. We ask your blessing on those men who are about to become fathers. Grant them joy, rest, and peace as they trust you for the future. We pray for older fathers who continue to love and support their children who are now grown up. Grant them joy and satisfaction for a job well done. We ask your special blessing on those fathers who have lost a child to death. Grant them comfort in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we continue to pray for those who miss their fathers who are now with the Lord. May their loving memories continue to live in them and nurture them. Grant them comfort in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of fatherhood. We thank you for the many examples, examples of faithful fathers in scripture like Abraham, Joshua, and Cornelius. We are mindful this day that all these men who have inspired us by their faithfulness to you, and especially Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, who raised his adopted son. May these fathers gathered here today emulate these examples of faith. May they model for all the rest of us what is meant to be your disciple. Bless them and their families and households. May the love of your earthly fathers draw us ever nearer to you, our heavenly father, as you mold us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So to the fathers here today, I hope that you are encouraged in what you do. We're rooting for your victory, and we hope that your life will be more like a burnt offering than a hot mess. Amen. to celebrate the sacrament of baptism again this Sunday. I invite those who are presenting their child for baptism to come forward. On behalf of the session, I present Miles, child of the covenant to receive the sacrament of baptism. Sisters and brothers in Christ, in baptism God claims us and seals us with water to show us that we belong to God. Uniting us with Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection, God frees us from sin and death. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are welcome to Christ's church. Let us remember with joy our own baptism. Philip and Gina, do you desire that your child be baptized? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith and to teach that faith to Miles? And to the sponsors, do you promise through prayer and example 
to support Miles, to encourage him to be a faithful Christian. Do you? Very good. Do we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture Miles by word and deed, with love and prayer, encouraging him to know and to follow Christ and to be faithful member of his church? If so, please answer, we do. We do. As we are able, let us stand and confess our faith. In life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. We trust in Jesus Christ, every fully God. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. We trust in the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Creator, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, through history you have nourished and sustained all living things through the gift of water. From the time of creation to your own baptism in the waters of Jordan, to this moment, you invite us into loving relationship with you. We thank you for the gift of life and for the gift of miles. As he is marked with water, seal him with your covenant of presence and grace. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon him and upon these waters, that this font may be the womb of new birth, giving him the power to do your will and live forever the risen life in Christ. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Philip and Gina, what is the Christian name of this child? Miles Fitzgerald, I baptize you in the name of God, the Creator, and in the name of God, the Son. I know. And in the name of God, the Holy Spirit. Miles, you are a child of the covenant. You have been sealed as Christ's own forever. I know. Oh. I'm going to heart my melt. My heart is melting. Amen. See what love God has for us, that we too are called children of God. He's a smiler. He's a happy guy.
the name of Miles Fitzgerald Julian is now inscribed in the book of the church together with all our names. Let us remember with joy that God is the giver of life and knows each of us by name. This candle represents the new life in Christ. It is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly. May Miles and all who have received this sacrament walk as children of the light, and may God keep the flame of faith alive in us forever. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you into Christ Church to share with us this ministry, for we are all one in Christ. Amen. Let us join our hearts in prayer. God, your creating and sustaining love indeed inspires our shouts of praise, our joyful dance and all our prayers. Hear us, gracious God, as we come in gratitude, praising you for the gifts of creation, for the cool of the morning, and for the promise of refreshing rain, and for the blooms and foliage of summer, all of them reminding us of your generous creation. We thank you for the way your love is shared among us in community, shared in gentle gestures, warm hugs, in meals, in quilts and flowers and prayer shawls, in notes and cards, and phone calls. God, we are grateful today for fathers and for all who have been nurtured and who have nurtured us and have been guides and mentors for us. Hear us, gracious God, as our hearts say thanks. O great Redeemer, our hearts also break in sorrow with the news of children separated from their families, all so badly in need of your tender care. Hear our prayers for families and children everywhere. Bless them with comfort, health, safety, and love. 
Redeem and bless your world's leaders with wisdom and love. Be a brightly burning beacon, leading them and leading all of us along new pathways to justice, peace, and love. O Holy Spirit, you came to the church at Pentecost like a rushing wind and with tongues of fire. We ask you to come again. Come and bless us again with your powerful gifts. Give us hearts and minds deeply rooted in Scripture. We pray today for the Colorado Council of Churches. Inspire the Council and all of us in it to speak your truth faithfully and in love. And hear our prayers for our Presbyterian Church's General Assembly as all the delegates and commissioners gather this week, bless them with ears and eyes of faith so that they will hear and see you in their work. As they deliberate, give their hearts your gifts of understanding, wisdom, and courage. And loving God, bless our youth group now beginning their week of work in Chicago. Bless them, gracious God. Dear God, we pray for all of us here and for this congregation. When we come bearing burdens, we ask you to carry them with us. Be our refuge and ever-present help. Stay close to us as each day we walk into new life with you. Inspire us to give of ourselves faithfully. And God, hear our prayers of joy for our beloved newly baptized Miles. We ask you to keep your burning light alive in his heart and inspire us to be his community, always modeling Christ. Hear all of our prayers, gracious God, and hear us as we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Surrounded by so much, we now will receive the morning offering.
texts in prayer. God, you have so greatly loved us, long sought us, and mercifully redeemed us. Give us grace that in everything we may yield ourselves, our wills, and our works. And continual thank offering to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Beloved, as you celebrate Father's Day, whatever form you take your burnt offering, whether it's a T-bone steak, some spare ribs, or even tofu, fathers, be blessed. Know that we love you. 
and we encourage you. And may the encouragement and love of our Heavenly Father bless us and keep us until we see each other again. Amen.